We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Jack Ramsey's Post Game Show. I'm your host, Danny Morang, joined as always by maybe a Beaver Believer right now. Maybe. Now they're up 14, so we'll see. Uh, this is starting to get really uncomfortable. It feels very similar to something I just watched where a team had a huge lead <laughs> and should have won a game by 20, and they ended up needing some last minute possessions to secure a dub. Yeah, well, you know. It it is it is what it is. It's the uh, the cardiac kids are are back in play, uh, ladies and gentlemen. The Blazers declare victory is tonight's headline. Blazers one eighteen seventy sixers one eleven. A lot dicier than you want it to be, as you said, Mister Sprague. Um, obviously, the big takeaway is Damian Lillard. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. Mike Umshide in the chat says, "Larry, Larry, Larry." Larry. Yeah. Listen, we're, there's there's a lot to talk about. I will say this. I just had this come across the wire. Chauncey Billups in the pregame press conference. He was asked again about Portland again closing with Larry Nance at the five instead of Yusuf Nurkic. And Chauncey had this to say. I thought having Larry in there, having a switch one through five and not get in rotation would be an advantage. At the end of the day, I'm just trying to get the win however we can get it. AKA, I don't care, Nurk. I, I'm not uh-huh. interested. Uh-huh. 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 Throw your mouthpiece elsewhere. Because uh, let's 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 be honest here. Uh, Chauncey knows Nurk was not happy. I mean, everybody knew Nurk was not happy. You throw a mouthpiece; it's impossible not to notice that. Um, you know, I, I want to go into the Dame stuff, so we'll we'll do that first. I don't I don't want to get into the Nurk Sit stuff. Sit Dame, don't play Dame. I, hey, listen, I, everybody's like he's going to drop fifty now. Cool. If I have to look like the a hole, I. I will willingly dive into that every single time, dude. Yeah. Um, Eric Fendel says, I felt like that was a real quiet 39 for Dame. I did too. I was like, Mm-mm. I looked down. I was like, I feel like he's been to the line a lot. And I looked down. I'm like, God dang, he's been to the line a dozen times. Yeah. <laughs> um, real quick, before we dive into the individual stuff, uh, I thought this game was horribly officiated. Oh, it's a joke. Horribly officiated. I was sitting on my couch, Daddy, trying not to be a Sixer like apologist. I'm like, oh, poor Sixers, man. I feel sorry for them. They they got screwed on more than a couple calls tonight. Um, I, I thought a couple went against Portland where I was like, eh, well, that could have gone either way. Uh, 
Seth Curry uh, leaving a little extra on CJ's chin uh, definitely deserved to go back the other way. <laughs> It <laughs> wasn't a normal ah, just clearing space, zero step. Right. That elbow came up a little perpendicular to the ground. So, right. um, but let's get into it. Let's get into the fun, Mr. Sprague. Obviously, the Blazers win, which is always fun, but it's even more fun when it's done with their captain, Damian Lillard. Uh, season high, has a monster game 39.7 assists, didn't register a rebound, which I thought was kind of weird. Hmm. Uh, but 10 of 21, so good. You look at his field goal distribution, 5 of 14 from 3. Number one, he got himself a ton, a ton of threes up, which is kind of one of those signs of, hey, maybe he is feeling a little bit better. Maybe he did get more toward all. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's wait and see how he looks physically next game. I think you get a night off and... I think what we've kind of seen with him is his ebbs and flows of the year. It's it's if he gets a night or two off, he tends to come back and physically look better. Yeah. But then it's the next game where it it still doesn't continue. The consistency hasn't quite established itself. I really liked what he did tonight. And I actually, I disagree with you and uh, the listener there. I, I felt like he was that important. Like, I don't know if I would have said 39, 41, 35, but I would, if you would, I mean, he was I felt There's like no he doubt. was 30. It was a very impactful 30 plus points tonight. Um, yeah, it's, it's just one of those situations where, um, he had a monster game and I, fe- I felt like he didn't force anything tonight. I thought maybe one shot tonight felt like it wasn't right in the flow, what needed to happen, when it needed to happen, where it needed to happen. And that's probably the first time I've seen that from him this season. Where mm-hmm. it just it felt good. Again, shot distribution, 14, two-thirds of his shots, 14 of 21 shots were threes. And I didn't he didn't take one of those threes. You're like, oh, come on, man, not not there. It right. was just good. And I thought that that was a nice part of this. Uh the other part of it obviously is getting downhill, getting to the free throw line a ton. Uh, and this is obviously before, you know, getting um sent to the line from you know in the bonus to close the game out he was still getting to the line generating contract or generating contact and uh 10 of 21 again take the 14 threes out that means he's five of seven from twos Mm -hmm. so good shot diet of getting to the rim mid-range pull-ups attacking from three off the pick and roll and i thought overall tonight uh, a lot of damian lillard working Less on the ball or for shorter bursts. Uh, in the first half, Damon CJ led the team in, in field goal attempts by a pretty significant margin. And most of the playmaking was done by Nance, Nurk, and, and Ant. Yeah. And that was kind of what was setting guys up most of the night. Yeah. You know, I, I think the thing about Dame, though, too, to go back to the impact stuff, I think the reason for me, just me personally, why it felt so impactful is because he's been so off and so unlike himself that when he has a night like this, that's still even, like, points-wise, okay, but shooting efficiency-wise, still not even what Dame has been in the past. Mm -hmm. For him to be able to have this kind of night, that's where I'm sitting on my couch and I'm watching this game and I'm like, man, if you're going to get 35-plus from Dame and you're going to shoot 44% from three, oh, yeah, that's right. You tend to win most of those those basketball games. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, 
and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, JJ breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Here's the, the flip side of this. You had a really good Dame game, your first of the season, and a win's a win. I'm not going to lift a, look a gift horse in the mouth, but I'm going to go a little downer, Danny, a little bit because this is a team missing most of its starting lineup, most of its offensive firepower, its MVP, uh, on a road trip where they've been, what, they lost five of their last six? Yeah. And you couldn't put them away. Did, not, a, not a fan. Not, not, not a fan of that at all. Uh, I thought CJ was out of sorts uh, uh, the entire second half after being on yeah. fire in that first I half. Know. I, I was I was almost gonna text you like, hey, my my Lovett's having quite the response tonight, and then he the was second half happened, in the first half. I, I know, but the second half, I'm like, oh yeah, he's on the court. Yeah, he. I, I think he tried to pick up where he left off at halftime, and if you look back and if you watch that that third quarter when that when he had the mixed unit in there, where normally that bench unit does really well. I thought they faded going into that third where they closed the gap and then obviously in the beginning of the fourth quarter. And yeah. CJ was a big part of that. And I was sitting there watching it going, ah, everything you're doing right now. He, I had a few NBA folks text me with the, uh, ah, he worked in the catch and shoot in the first half and now it's dribble, dribble, dribble because he didn't yeah. get enough dribbles in the first half. And I was like, oh, come on, cut him a little more slack than that. But as I watched, I was like, oh, no, that's exactly what's happening. Oh. Yeah, he's, you know, he's, uh, it's unfortunate because when he's in a rhythm mode, he, he's fun to watch. When he's in try to cook you, dribble, dribble, dribble mode, he has his nights where he gets hot, but he has a lot of moments where, like, you kind of just shrug your shoulders and go, I don't think that was the best use of your possession. Um, and it's unfortunate, too, because I thought he really got off to a great start. I thought he was he, uh, really instrumental in help setting that tone. But to go from the third quarter to the fourth and you were only up eight, I was like, this this doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. It feels like this eight-point lead should be more of a 16-point lead. Yeah. Like the, the way they were just playing tonight versus the Sixers were, you know, a lot of their three-point guys were just cold. It, it just – on those kind of nights, I'm with you. Like you want to see them bury a team like that when you got them on the ropes. Because here's the thing. They're, the two guys who could score for this team off the bounce regularly – that's the two guys you worried about. You didn't slow them down at all. Yeah. Uh, Harris and Maxi. Maxi had a game. He got where he wanted, when he wanted, and finished through contact. I- I've watched him play not against Portland uh, more than a handful of times uh, over the last year and a half. And it seems like every time I tune in to watch the guy, he does something where his body control. I'm trying to think of who he reminds me of. Maybe Lou Williams. Remember how Lou Will in his in his prime years would get to the free throw line and hit just a truckload of and ones, mm-hmm. and you're like, how does his little ass stay up? Because you see guys get hit and go to the ground or get. He just always seems to keep his core squared up to the rim, yeah. and somehow just have great touch over and over and over. And tonight, man, I think he had four and ones where every single one of them was just wow, and he the kept English- them in all night. 
Yeah, the English on the ball that he can put on two off the glass to watch that thing spin. I, I think it went a bit Larry that fouled him, and he hit it way off the glass, kind of fading out, and it hit the rim, but the spin was so significant that it hit the rim and spun back and went in. He got the N1. Uh, he was one of those during the summer people were talking about if Ben was going to get traded, he might get attached to it too because of the Rich Paul stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking in the moment, like whoever can end up, if that's real and they can snag Maxie Simmons and Simmons, him, that's a hell that, of a combo. You're, you're getting away. You're, you're that's grand theft, man. Like you are stealing mm-hmm. from somebody. I loved him last year. Uh, I know he's still battling to put the consistency together, but tonight he showed you an example of why if you were able to acquire him, you'd probably feel pretty good about your future. So between Harris and Maxie Knight, they shot, what, 20 of 38, 3 of 8 from 3, 13 of 14 from the free throw line, gave you 11 rebounds, 12 assists, 2 steals, combined 5 turnovers, although Harris had all 5. Yeah. Uh, he got caught in the air a few times tonight, particularly in the fourth quarter where he got screwed. Um, and what, 56 points? I think on most nights, that's probably a winning effort. But you look down at the roster, 41 of 81, which we'll talk about that with Portland. They, The 76ers still hit a truckload of shots. It's just they were 10 of 28, not quite good enough from three. Yes. 19 of 21 for the free throw line, only 11 turnovers, 24 personal fouls. They racked up a ton at the, t- at the back end. Um, but Portland wins another game where their offense carries them, not their defense. I thought they had a – well, I'll get to that in a second. I was just going to say, we talked about this before we went live. Um, you know, really, and this is, you know, how close the league can be. I saw Doc already made the make-or-miss league line. But, um, I mean, you're what, three, maybe four threes made by Seth and Korkmaz alone from this game maybe feeling and both those guys struggled. different. They struggled. Those are your two best three-point yeah. shooters. You struggled. Um, on the defensive thing, like, I'm, I'm largely with you. The offense is really what carried you through. I thought they had some really good defensive possessions. Opportunistic. Very opportunistic. And before Philly went on that 16-2 run, I think you were feeling really good about what they were showing you defensively. But then they allowed that run, and they kind of went back into their old ways. Um, But I'm not going to completely trash their defense because they had so many possessions where I I just really enjoyed seeing them play. Yeah, no, I, I would I would chalk this up as one of the probably the top three most enjoyable games of the season so far. You had Dame doing stuff. You had CJ cooking in the first half. You had Nurk willingly dunking. Uh, that was mind blowing. But let's get into uh, the energy guy of the night, and I think something other we'll we'll spend a ton of time talking about on the uh, mailbag pod tomorrow. So everybody's gonna should Nasir Little be starting? Should Nasir Little be starting? I am gonna go really corny. I'm gonna really piss you off. And this is Nasir Little N A S I R like Tigger. Just bouncy, 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 fun, 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 fun. That mm-hmm. is Nasir Little right now. When he takes off to dunk, he is looking to catch bodies. Yes, he, Every he's trying to rip the rim off. single time, and yes. I love it. I yep. love it, I love it, I love it. It doesn't matter if anybody's – he took off – and you can tell when somebody wants to just tear the rim down because they don't take off flat. They take off at an angle, leaning way forward. And he – and this is where I, I draw the um, – the Gerald Wallace comparisons. Because Crash dunked the same way, which is also why he crashed a ton, because he got undercut or knocked off balance in midair. Yeah. Please don't do that to my kid. Um, <laughs> but Nas, 11 points, five, four rebounds, five of seven. I think that does a poor job of encapsulating what he did tonight. 
Well, he's he's had a lot of those nights though, where we watch him, and I'm 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 not wowed, but I'm very much like, yes, like I feel great about where where he's going, and then I'll look at the box score and I'll go, what? And it doesn't quite feel right, and I I don't know how to maybe explain that. Maybe at some point this thing will even out and the stats will look a little better. But there's a couple things about him. One, the violence in which he chooses to dunk is sensational. I'm not trying to be hyperbole here, but he's the most athletic physical presence they've had on the wings since who? Who would you, would you go? Gerald Gerald Wallace? Since Gerald Wallace. That's been a long time, If you time, want to man. say Wes, but Wes didn't get down. He downhill. couldn't do this. He no. couldn't dunk like that. Nick no. Nick could, but it was slithery and finessey. It like he could throw yeah, yeah, down yeah. a hammer, but as far as like build and ferocity, it is Gerald. Gerald Wallace yes. is the last guy that they had on this roster who which is people are like, "Well, what about Mo?" Well, if Mo actually had an, a, a motor, I'd say yes, but Mo just number 1, you don't you don't trust him unless it's a clear path. Uh, for a takeoff, and two, he kind of just meh through a lot of games. So, yeah, yeah well, Gerald. But, so, Gerald, so you have to go back to Gerald, and the other thing about him is not only do you know he's going to bring the energy, you know he's active defensively, um, you know that if he's on the court, there's a really good chance you're going to get an offensive rebound. I mean, this dude is crashing the glass. His rebound rate is one of the best in the league for a wing right now. See, I, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have said best in the league, but that's yes. great to hear because I feel like I'm watching somebody who gives a crap, and and, the, and that's nice to have. the The big part about that is, it's a really dumb thing when you talk about raw rebounding numbers in today's NBA because there's so much, so many three point shots. You're the, the necessity for having a big who gobbles up rebounds around the rim isn't as much of a thing because you get with more threes, you get longer rebounds. There's, there's, there's more dispersion of rebounds. So you get more guards and wings grabbing rebounds. However, uh, one of the things that I'm looking at uh, over the, I wanted to get up to 20 games. So I'm trying to get there. So there's a little bit more um, oomph to it, but Nas's rebound rate on contested rebounds and on offensive rebounds. That's the thing. It's, if, can you win a loose ball rebound where it looks like the defense has got things boxed out and he comes out of nowhere and he's, whoop, this is mine. Mm-hmm. Can you win one where on the defensive glass, uh, guys are you know crashing the, the, the offensive glass and you come out of nowhere and save your big man or save your guards who are leaking out? Um, what's really an interesting dynamic in this is that if Nas hits the glass on both sides, it does take away from his ability, both defensively getting back and being, you know, a big body uh, on the backside. Also, it precludes him from running out offensively. Right. So right. that's kind of an interesting dynamic to see how they play that um, and what units that, or when he frequently goes to, to hit the glass. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, I think he hits the right notes as far as when to hit the glass and when not. And, Particularly if if it's the Snell, Nasir, Nance lineup, those are the opportunities I want to see him go because you do have some more athleticism. You do you can you can take advantage of some things in that regard. Right, um, right. But this is this is one of those things where I think for the most part it's 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 working really well and it's kind of a found money situation. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's it's a guy that uh, him and Ant were young players, not really getting much shine, much run. And then Ant got some minutes last year, but we didn't really get to see Nas. He was hurt. He had COVID. 
Um, and you know, those were two wild cards coming into the year that if they were able to get actual minutes and step up to the, to that opportunity, you were going to feel like they were two additions from your off season, even though they've been here now, um, for a couple of years. So look, there, there is no doubt. And I don't know if you wanted to talk about Ann at all, but they both got more minutes tonight. And, you know, if you wanted to say that Cove could have got a couple less minutes and Ant could have, or I mean, uh, Nas could have got a couple more, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be mad at that. Um, but it's nice to know you can give both your young players 20 plus minutes and maybe still feel like they should play even more. Yeah, and uh, I didn't do a, a lower third for Ant tonight because the box score stuff, I mean, it was it was okay. Uh, I saw somebody asked about Ant uh, st- struggling from three. Um, if you guys look close, he's he's got his hand wrapped. He, he's yeah. fighting a little something with his hand right now. So, um, somebody in the chat says, are we really acting like a little Jerome Kersey with four flipping rebounds? Cantor gets that one possession. Again, it's opportunistic rebounding. And if you look at rebound rate in minutes, he's incredibly good for the, for the position and for his size. Yeah, no, so, I'm not trying to pretend he's no. any great former Blazer ever. I, I'm, just, I'm just sitting here telling you guys that, like, when he's out there, you know there's a good chance you could get another possession with him on yes. the offensive end or that he's going to be in the mix to grab the board as an athletic 6'5 player. He got two offensive rebounds tonight. That's nice. That's, that's a very good number for a wing. It's and not he, bad. And he continues to do that. Like, that's that's a real thing, and that's what matters. That's yeah. that's an ex, Those are extra possessions. Um, but as far as Ant's game tonight, the thing that, the, there's two things that I liked. Well, actually three, but one's kind of in the same vein. One, he put the pressure on the defense. He got downhill. He had five or six drives. He got to the line a couple times tonight. He did miss some layups, and I thought he was going to his left because he's not trusting his right hand a ton. Um, yeah. And he hasn't been great finishing with his left throughout his career. It's something he's still working on. Uh, but I also think he finished with three assists, right? Yeah, three. I thought he had an opportunity for five or six tonight. Uh, guys just missed some shots. Uh, Dame had that one shot tonight where I thought I was like, ah, oh, that's kind of a weird shot when he had that kind of fadeaway corner three uh, instead of taking it when, when Ant first got it to him. But otherwise, I thought Ant's floor game was really good offensively as far as getting guys in the right spots at the right time and setting guys up and allowing Dame and CJ to kind of play off ball in that first half. Mm-hmm. Um, but the flip side, on, on the other end of the floor, that's what I actually like from, from, from Ant tonight. Defensively, he was picking up Maxi at 80 feet, making him work a little bit harder. You look at Maxi's minutes tonight, Maxi finished with 35. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady. 
a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Not getting a whole lot of rest. You know, and if you can make him work a little bit. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Harder, make a shot a little bit tougher. I I, I like that. I just, one of those things right. that I like to see. Um, otherwise, yeah, I think he needs to get the hand taken care of, the wrist taken care of, and kind of figure that whole thing out and figure it out from there. But uh, his floor game overall, I, any, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, he was fine. He wasn't awful. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't as efficient. And from a scoring perspective, I know there's more to the game than just that, and that's fine. Um, but I didn't think he was great. I didn't think he was bad. He was just kind of eh, good. Okay. Just found a way to contribute on a night when his shot wasn't really falling. Uh, just kind of 20 minutes in here now. I just want to take a quick moment. Thank you all for coming in. Uh, appreciate you. We've already crossed our 2,000 subscribers barrier that we're trying to get uh, by Thanksgiving. So thank you all so very much. If you haven't already, please subscribe. If you're new to the channel, and subscribe. If you're a returning uh, viewer but you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we love to have you here. Uh, also, you can find the Jack Ramsey's podcast available wherever you get podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever it may be. Like, rate, review, subscribe, do all of the things. Uh, before we get into the Nurk stuff, I want to give somebody else some love. You know who I want to give some love to? Who? Norman freaking Powell. And this the headline for him tonight is just keep driving, just keep driving. Very much uh, Finding Nemo, just because he just gets downhill. <laughs> yeah. He just, he just does. He just is that dude. When things are going wrong, when when it kind of got a little bit wonky there in the fourth quarter, there was Norm to finish through contact. There was Norm again knocking down another shot. And you're like, 17, one rebound, two assists, six of 11, four of four. Nothing that's just like, oh my God, where would we be without Norm? But then you look at it and you're like, oh, they would have lost this game without, without Norm. Oh, I mean, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I hope nobody's doing that. Why, you know, where would they be without Norm? Like, yeah, we'd be screwed without mm-hmm. Norm Powell this year. Dude's been awesome. Um, I know the stats might not line up where some people outside of Portland go, oh, look at those numbers for that contract. But if you haven't been paying attention to Portland and you don't know the story, and the story is Norm Powell in many instances is the reason they're either staying within striking distance or helping to build leads at some point. Norm Powell is a human metronome. Yes. tick, 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 tick. And that's what he has been for this team, and that has been a huge, 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 huge advantage for this team. It's like, listen, 
when there's been a bunch of variants with basically everybody else on the roster, he hasn't. He's been that guy, and mm-hmm. God, it's just – and his attitude is the same way. He's just locked in. He comes in. He competes. He's never going to – how many times have you watched a game with Norm Powell on the floor and go, oh, no, Norm's taking a possession off? <laughs> never. Never. That's, I mean, he might he might because he can see CJ's clearly going to try to cook or Dame, but like he'll take it off offensively. Yeah, not defensively. It's it's just one of those things where it just it doesn't doesn't really happen, which is really impressive in today's NBA. Yeah, um, but like he's he's the unsung hero of this team, I think, right now. He mm-hmm. just shows up. Okay, it's time. It's time. Yeah. Yusuf Nurkic had a really good game. 11 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, 1 block. In his shifts, man, he was impactful. You felt his presence. They started the game again with the LaMarcus Aldridge play. It was a little disjointed, but he gathered himself, scored inside, and you could see the ego boost go whoop, like somebody hit the NOS just straight into his ego. He's like, I'm going to play now. And his first, first long shift, he played really well. Yeah. No, he. Pl- I thought he played. Um, he was my like it tonight because I thought tonight was a gut, was a gut check moment for him, Danny. I thought that was a game for him mentally that he really needed because Andre Drummond beat him like a drum the last time that yes. they played. And while again the stats might not pop off the screen, he was so impactful for them both sides. He meant a lot when he put the minutes in. Um, they were minutes that that, that uh, Portland really needed. So. I thought it was big for his psyche. We can talk about, obviously, what happened in the fourth quarter. But prior to that, I was thinking this was a night that Yusuf Nurkic was going to drive home and probably feel really good about himself. Yeah, uh, Evan James in the chat brings up a point that I brought up on Twitter multiple times tonight. Nurk played slow, and by that I mean good. Slow is steady, steady is smooth, smooth is fast. Yes. Yes. Anybody who who, uh, has ever heard any... Uh, uh, military sniper talk uh, as far as how to process that is that is where that comes from and I thought he took his time and that's not necessarily a bad thing when you're taking your time and you're under control and you understand your process flow mm-hmm. and I thought tonight he understood he knew the assignment make the right read play under control do the right things yeah he was effective around the rim tonight. You look at uh, Andre Drummond was 3 of 3, 23 minutes, 6 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, 4 fouls. Yusuf Nurkic, 5 of 6, 11 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, 1 block, 1 turnover. Only real sore spot was the 4 fouls. Mm-hmm. But he outplayed Drummond. He was more impactful than Drummond, which, yeah, no shit. He should be. <laughs> Yeah, but Danny, let's not act like no shit should exist. What happened the last time they played? That's what, that's what I mean, but that's, that's the frustrating part of this, right? Is you're just like, yeah, you're a better player than him, dude. Like, why was this an issue in the first place? Well, I think it goes into the mouth-throwing thing, the mouth okay. guard. Thing. Let, let, let's, let's go to it. Uh, the Blazers are in a tight game. Yusuf Nurkic has made a couple big plays in the fourth quarter. Comes over, bails out. Was it Dame or CJ on Tobias on the switch? Pretty and sure it was uh, CJ. I think it was CJ as well. Uh, Nurk came over and gets a monster block on Tobias Harris. And you could see him, a little shoulder swag. Yeah. Reset the possession. Ball goes to the sideline. Nurk comes up. They trap. Gets a little too reachy, overextends, which typically happens when what, Brandon? 
when you get tired. Okay, that has kind of been the Nurkic M.O. Yeah. The second he committed that foul, Chauncey, Larry, there was zero hesitation in that. <laughs> zero hesitation in that. None Cha- whatsoever. Chauncey's like, no, I've seen this shit before. Nope, 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 <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Answers in, Nurk immediately throws his mouthpiece, is barking and yelling at no one in particular. Dame goes over to console him. Walks away, possession ensues, the camera's still on Nurk, and he's talking to nobody in particular, but he's pissed. Yeah. No, he was super pissed. He threw the mouth guard, and then he got to the bench, and he turned around, and I think it was... God, who was... It might have been Cody was next Cody to him. Cody was next to him, and Cody was kind of like... But Cody was like, "Don't I don't want to talk to you right now. Like, <laughs> you just, uh, let's not do this. And he just kept talking to himself, and then uh-huh. Dame quickly comes over. and Dame tried to like, hey, big fella, you had a good shift. You had a good game. We're up. Chill yep. the bleep out. And he, like, he did whatever he said. He said it in, like, four seconds. Like, I got to go. <laughs> like, we'll handle this later. Yeah. Um, and that's the dichotomy of... Use of Nurkic, man. Yep. You had a good game. You were impactful. Touches-wise, like, you had six shots. You had three assists. In the minutes you played, you had a shot every other minute. Yeah. What what more do you what more do you want? Look, I dude, I I don't know where this conversation goes. I don't know if this is a mailbag thing, but I talked about this with the Houston game. Like if you can't be happy for your team in a winning moment, when your team hasn't been the most consistent winner out there, there's clearly something going on. And I, I think this all still stems from being told that he's going to be used as Nikola Jokic and the offense is all going to flow through him. And, Oh, I'm going to be in the best shape of my life and the game start. And that quickly goes the other direction. And I, I, I really legitimately think he bought into that was, was going to happen in a contract year, and it hasn't. And this is the frustration you see, whether they win or lose. He has shown in moments of both that he tends to get a little frustrated. And here's the thing, and somebody brought this up in the chat. If he could be productive over 30 minutes and not have these major drop-offs when he gets tired, he could stay out there. Mm-hmm. And I've seen the 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 idea that, well, he's just not in shape. I'm going to push back on that a little bit because he was 330 pounds when he got here from Denver. He's down to 280-ish, 280, yeah. 285. The dude has shed a lot of weight. And here's the thing. He's a better player at the 315, 320 range. I, you know, I, I've long believed that, but the dude wants to be a little slimmer. I'm he not going to fault be. him for it. He, but. But biomechanically, he needs to be. Sure. He has not learned how to play lighter. And then while his conditioning has gone up, he's just that big. Like, Embiid's a freak. And he's he's the, the most ridiculous big dude outside of Shaq maybe in NBA history. A guy right. who's a legit 300-plus pound dude who can play 30, 40 minutes a night and just go. And considering his medical history, that's bonkers. Like, right. Jokic is down to like 255, 260 now. He's a lot smaller than Nurk. Don't get me wrong, he's strong. But he's not as big as Nurk is, and Jokic isn't dealing with two legs that have had both been broken. Mm-hmm. So there, there's there's detrimental stuff in there, and so I 
I get where Chauncey's coming from, but I get where Nurk is coming from too. There's, but I think Chauncey is. I, I don't get where Nurk's right coming balance. from. I, I don't. I don't get where Nurk's coming from. How, how so? Well, I mean, what's okay? Tell tell me what the problem is then. Like, tell me the Nurk side that you get because, dude, you got he got 24 minutes tonight. He was very impactful. You picked up a bad fourth foul. Larry's also been very good. Like. I, I guess I'm just not seeing it. it. It's as if this guy should be dropping numbers much larger than what he is on a statistical basis. And I just think the the overall averages and years tell us that that's not the case. Like he's being used properly and he's allowing his own personal um, desires or yeah. desires to trump really what's working best for the team. So I just, I guess I just I don't see that his side. I just don't see that at all. I, when I say I see his side, I'm I'm more of the sense of like I want to do more, but because it's a contract year. But here's the thing. Let's go and sort seasons right now. We'll go to Basketball Reference real quick. Uh, you know what Nurkic's field goal percentage is right now, or coming it's, into tonight? Is it 61? Overall, 56.2. Which okay, is, so not quite 60 yet. Then okay. But five points higher than his career high. Right. He is hitting as many shots this year as he was last year. So he take he's, he's at 4.3 makes the uh, game right now. He was at 4.6 last year. But he took one and a half more shots to get there. Mm-hmm. And the flip side is his free throw percentage. He's hitting 2.4. Last year he was at 1.9. He's taking 3.2. He was taking 3.1 last year. So his free throw percentage is up 15%. Meanwhile, his rebounding, 11.2 last year, 9.0 this year. So he's significantly more efficient across the board. More steals. The only thing that's down is the blocks. Mm-hmm. And that's a scheme thing because he's being away, he's away from the rim more uh, defensively. But if you look at like his per 36 numbers, it's like, uh, yeah, dude, your per 36 numbers right now are 17, 17, and 3. Yeah, so... I guess I'm just asking, like, again, where's the frustration? Because if you're going to be a, a bad attitude player on a decent team, I can't imagine that's going to earn you more money than being efficient, big team player, happy guy. It's not a great look. Teams love culture, right? Like, I, I hated that term when, like, DeMarcus Cousins was great with Kings and maybe the Blazers could get him. We're like, well, he's not good for good for culture. I'm like... F out of here with this culture stuff. You need as many good players, great players as you can get. But I'll say this. A lot of teams value culture. And I'm not saying Nurk can't be a good culture guy. He's been here for six years, and he's been in some good cultures. But I, I just I don't think that stuff reflects better on you to have a bad attitude on a good night with a decent team than high five, be frustrated with yourself by committing a fourth foul, but just go with the flow and do what you can when you play. Good attitude teammate guy. Here's the thing. If you want to give benefit of the doubt, you could say that Nurk was pissed off that he took a ticky-tack foul. Mm-hmm. Which I think he was. He was probably super pissed. Like, damn it, because he probably knew if he committed that foul, he, he was, was going to come cold. out. Yeah. So... So maybe it wasn't even that chance. Maybe it was that himself and Dame was just like, hey, stay engaged in case we need you in the next four minutes. And here's the thing. The more I'm not looking for Nurk to be a problem or an issue or anything along those lines. Like 
I want him to be good. Because he is impactful. He's such a big body. He gives them something they don't have. But, god dang it, man. The frustration stuff, like, boiling over. Again, Chauncey's first comments tonight were like, hey, yeah, no, I I went with Nance because I thought he gave us the best opportunity. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty telling statement. Yeah. Um, let's, let's hit on Nance real quick. And he's, he's not wrong, by the way. Because it allows him to be more versatile with things. Um, right, and unless you're playing Joel Embiid, um, Jokic, you know, a guy of that caliber, most nights it's going to be fine. Yes. Um, you, you look at, you know, the, the big body stuff, and it's like, eh, you can just kind of figure it out, right? It's, it's not mm-hmm. a big deal. Um, but it's, I don't know, man. It's, it's frustrating. <laughs> that's, that's where I'm at right now. I'm just like, because yeah, I, I, mean, want, I want Nurk to be so much more than he is. Sure, but there's a lot of a lot. There's a few obvious things that are frustrating about this team, despite them winning three games in a row. Um, overall, what, what was your takeaway from this game? Um, much better effort defensively than a lot of their other games this year, and good balance, I think, from most of the people who got meaningful minutes uh cove meh tonight for me really and cj obviously not as great in this in the second half as he was in the first but it just it kind of felt like the people who played real minutes had a meaningful impact in some way which is great because it's not like you've had a lot of those nights um had a comment here eric b says here's the thing you guys are so far off what's actually happening nurk is not the story tonight nobody's saying that's the story tonight we spent about 15 minutes talking about damian lillard dropping 39 points i suggest getting here for the beginning of the show for that oh, eric did it, if eric just logged in then yeah i bet it's, <laughs> that's probably what the takeaway is but no we 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 went almost 30 minutes without talking about nurk at all yeah so it's uh it's just something that's gonna pop up as it plays to everything that that he can he can do, and he should give you more. And that's that's the thing about yeah. um, about Nurk. And here's the thing: as I wanted to say, uh, Nance, like his stat line tonight, wasn't crazy. Seven points, five rebounds, two steals. But I thought he was very impactful. And his two missed shots were the two little. He's got a little Nurk in him. He's got that that stupid push shot that he goes yeah. to, and it's like, don't don't get cute, don't do that because uh, tonight he had he finished three shots. Were they all dunks? I think they were all dunks. Because you had the reverse, yeah, the drive. Which was filthy, by the Oof. way. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go sideways real quick. How the living hell does C.J. McCollum throw a 35-foot alley-oop pass on a dime to a back-cutting Larry Nance who can reverse dunk it while being trapped and then throws that one to Anthony Simons and misses by eight goddamn feet? What do we Explain say about this. broken? What do we say about broken clocks? <laughs> it was so. Like I thought, I thought he was gonna throw Ant. Like he was going to Roethlisberger, Anthony Simons. He was gonna throw him into a linebacker, and it was like, oh no, oh god, oh. No, Danny, I'm serious. What do we say about broken clock? I know, right? I think when this team throws lobs, that's what it is. It's they're both Dame and CJ. They're both terrible lob passers. The two worst lob passers of like high scoring guards I've ever seen, and I I mean that with the utmost prejudice. But they're better lob passers the further away they are from the rim right it's weird it's a weird 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 thing maybe they don't have that touch 
again, I, I have my whole close touch can sometimes be harder than that. That distance gives you, you know? a little bit more range. I, yes, I told you my theory, right? The whole like they didn't grow up playing in those same AAU circuits, so they didn't play with all those high flying athletes. They never learned how to do it. Oh yeah, I mean, I imagine Dame and CJ didn't play with a lot of those guys. No, they didn't. They didn't play on like the high level EYBL and e- ABC right. camp guy. Like that's not what they went to Lehigh and Weber State. Like they weren't those dudes, and so they crafted their game below the rim and not the other way around. So I just. Um, somebody was asking, is CJ the best lobber now being sarcastic? And and somebody actually, Michael Jajan, uh, beat in, beat me in the comments and that's, it's Dennis Smith Jr. Dennis Smith Jr. is the best lob pass on this team because DSJ, baby. he was a guy who grew up on those circuits <laughs> <laughs> playing with all of the absolutely ridiculous athletes. Um, yeah. they take care of the 76ers. They get above 500. They're nine and eight. They rely on their offense. They got enough production from the team on the whole to where they figured some things out. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right. But between now and the end of November, Denver, and then a three-game road trip at Sacramento, at Golden State, at Utah, and then you button up November with Detroit. Not bad. Now, you've got a back-to-back on Utah, home, uh, excuse me, at Utah, at home against Detroit. That's kind of wonky. That's that's definitely a, right. a schedule problem. Uh, you can come home on a back-to-back and at the end of a road trip and think, ah, we can take care of Detroit and they can punch you in the face. Please do not let that happen. But yeah. you, sir, you predicted this team to win five straight games. Yep. You have got three of those five now. I'm going to get four because they'll beat Denver, and then we know that they're going You're to You're feeling beat. really spicy by that Denver game, aren't you? I just, yeah, I, I think they're such a different team at home, even in nights like tonight where they play really well and then they blow big leads. I don't know. There's there's a belief in this team at home versus if this was back in Denver, I, I wouldn't have that same feel. But I also think they're playing, they're kind of catching a groove right now together. It's mm-hmm. not perfect. But and it's at home. I feel like they're catching a groove. So sleeping in their own beds has been great. Um, I think they beat Denver. I think they beat um, uh Sacramento. Sacramento, who's got throw up on their court. And then I think the Golden State game is where they lose their winning streak because Golden State is, dear God, a nightmare scenario for everybody. I'm going to throw one worse at you. Okay. They're going to go to Sacramento, then they're going to lose, and then they're going to beat Golden State. Oh, that is, you know, for my uh, five-game win streak and beating Denver spicy take that you like to say, that's super spicy. This team plays like crap on the road, and they play like crap in Sacramento. Yeah, I, yeah, no, no, it's not the Sacramento loss. It's you thinking they're beating Golden State. I think Golden State is is they're playing so well that they're playing above board. Here's the thing. Oh, Ste- see, I disagree. Well, Steph, Steph is the new Chris Paul. He loves to go at Dame. True. He loves this. He does. He does love that, and I think that's a national TV game too. Yes, if it is. That could Good be a 40-point Steph game. Um, you have no answer for Steph Curry on this team. None. Norm, Nobody does. Norm's sitting there like. <laughs> he's going to get Norm just in foul shrug. trouble. Yeah, no, he's just like, what am I supposed to do with this? And right now, uh, I, I, I'm assuming you don't disagree. Steph's the MVP right now, right? I don't even know if it's close. I'd say I'd, I'd want to give Brad Beal more props, but they've because won the Wizards have been him. good. But th- I think that's more a product of the team. Steph, has I think been... it's the team and the coach. The coach has been great. Wes Unsell Jr. He's had a good impact on them. Which, which is crazy. Is the last time they had a, a season like this 
Wes Unseld Sr. was on the team. Oh, that's yeah, that is kind of weird. 1975. Um, outside of Steph, no, there's nobody that's close to Steph right now. The thing is, they, Katie. Oh, go ahead. No, I was say they've got the MVP and the probable defensive player of the year right now. Right. I mean, I was gonna say KD's had a great year, but his team's not been as good. Giannis is still Giannis, but that you know they've been missing Holiday and Middleton until recently. So I just don't think there's anybody close to that right now. That's kind of crazy. So um, we'll, we'll wrap it up out of here. We're about 45 minutes in, but uh, real quick, folks, uh, we will have the mailbag pod tomorrow afternoon. So if you have questions, get them into me at Danny Meringue on Twitter at Brandon Sprague at Jacks Ramsey's. You can send them, DM them, tweet at them. Uh, or if you're not on Twitter, uh, email me or email us. Just say jackedramseys at gmail.com. Like, rate, review, subscribe, download the podcast wherever you get it. Uh, if you're sitting here watching on YouTube, thank you. Appreciate you. If you're watching the replay, thank you and appreciate you too. Click the subscribe button. Help us grow. Help us continue to grow. Uh, and like I said, we do have the live watch parties coming up. They will pop up in December. I will be rolling those out probably over the next week uh, once I get everything else squared away. Uh, there will be a limit on those just because the program's still in beta, so we can only get 200 in the rooms. So um, we'll we'll have uh, that's where part of the membership stuff is going to come in from. So it'll be uh, anybody who signs up for the initial run of the membership is going to have uh, an opportunity to kind of get into those first 200 as we do. Uh, I think we're going to do at least four. I'm going to hope to do probably six or seven in the month of December. Um, me being gone for a week in Hawaii is going to kind of mess that up just a little bit. So, uh, good game. Good fun win. Good fun win. And a lot of takeaways, I think, from it. And, hey, Denver's always... It could all go down the the train against Denver. Denver's a nightmare right now. (laughs) Uh, And Joey asked, uh, are we going to do any film breakdowns? Yes, that will come further down the road. Uh, Once I get things set up, uh, I will do some members only, like, rewatches with some things and and show you how... um, the stuff that I have watched and the film that I have watched and what I'm looking for and that kind of thing, uh, just to kind of get a little bit better of understanding of what the Blazers are doing on both offense and defense. And yeah. uh, just try to give a, a little peek. Those are the kind of things that I really, really, really want to do. They just take a long time to get set up and uh, get all like well rights and such. So um, we'll have the uh, mailbag pod drop on Monday morning. Uh, so get your questions in. Otherwise, we will catch you guys, what is it, Tuesday? We've got two days off, right? Sunday, Monday? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, after what was it six games and nine nights? Now we get two games in a week. Oh, thank you, God. I appreciate that. Uh, for Brandon, I'm Danny. I'll catch you guys. We'll catch you guys uh, on the mailbag pod, and then we'll catch you Tuesday for the pregame show. Till then, take care. Talk soon. Mm-hmm.